When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Joe Burrow injury. We're going to talk about Jake Browning. We're going to touch on the Ravens game, and we're going to do a preview of the upcoming game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, it's Steeler Week. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Who day? Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. Ah, Joe, what a tangled web we weave. This was supposed to be our year, everything in place, you rising to be the best quarterback in football. You start off with the calf injury right away, the wrist injury, taking you out for the season. Just hang in there, my friend. You know that you have my support and all of the fans of the Bengals and the organization and the team and anyone involved has nothing but respect for you and belief that you are the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. Unfortunately, it's not going to be this year, but that doesn't mean that all is lost. We are going to get to where we want to go. And Joe, I told you this when I met you. You changed everything for this organization, and I want to say thank you. Good things are going to come to those who wait, and us Bengal fans have been waiting a long time, and we're going to have that glory. All right, I'd like to start this episode with an open letter to Jake Browning. Dear Mr. Browning, you have inherited a very talented roster. You have a team that's 5-5, five and five, still in the hunt, We have a bunch of winnable games ahead of us. Not all is lost. Jake, take advantage of your opportunities. What did Kurt Warner do? What did Tom Brady do? You're in the show. You're in the game. You have a chance. You have more of a chance than anyone. You're going to be starting for the Cincinnati Bengals with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and... Hendrickson and Hubbard and Wilson and the secondary and Pratt and you have a million good players on this team. We don't have to go down like this. We don't deserve to go down like this. Take advantage of your opportunities. It's up to you. I know you're going to work hard and you're going to decide. Are you going to be a backup quarterback and an afterthought and making mediocre NFL money until you finally fade out of the league? Or are you going to take this opportunity and win a bunch of games 
and guide the Bengals into the playoffs with confidence, preparation, skill, reading defenses, taking advice from a great coaching staff. You have you have Coach Taylor, you have Coach Pitcher, and now you have Coach Burrow. You can't go wrong here. This is your chance. The world is yours right now. Seize it, and your life will change forever. You'll be rich beyond your wildest dreams. You'll be famous. You'll be heralded by thousands and the masses. So you decide. You've worked your whole life for this. You've been an NFL quarterback for several years, whether you've played or not. You've been in the arena. You've practiced against the Cincinnati Bengals defense on a daily basis. You can be great or you can be mediocre. It's your choice. Truly yours, Frank LaPlaca, the unofficial Bengals podcast. All right, I'm going to take a breath and take a drink because that was truly from the heart. That was not rehearsed. That is everything that I felt inside during this really troubling, confusing, borderline frustrating time. You know, when we thought this was our year and now we're going to go at it with a lot of uncertainty ahead of us and we're playing a lot of good teams and there's a bunch of teams that are in front of us in the playoff race. So just give me one second to get my bearings here. Okay, so I want to address the tanking issue. There's some fans out there that think that the Bengals should tank and get a better draft pick, and I am so against that. Just win your games because you don't know what you're going to get in the draft. How many draft picks have we had that were high draft picks that failed? I mean, Achilles Smith, David Klingler... Billy Price, John Ross, um, some may say Jonah Williams, Cedric Obwehi, Darquez Denard. I mean, I I don't even have the list in front of me, but I can go through a list of first-round picks that just didn't pan out. David Verser. You want me to to pull rank and go old-time on you? David Verser. Because I was so into the Bengals at that point, and they drafted this rookie wide receiver, and he actually ended up being on that Super Bowl team. But he was a first-round pick. And he didn't really do much for us. He actually had a a very short career, made a crucial error in the Super Bowl. This isn't a David Verser bashing party, but this is saying, who cares about the draft? Everyone's so jacked up on the draft. And even the organization is draft capital is everything. You don't know what you're going to get in the draft. We've done better in the second round than we have in the first round. Think of some of the Bengal greats through time. They've been second rounders. So to tank and and ruin our joy, don't we just watch Bengal games to have joy? Do you want to go out there and say, yeah, lose the game, so instead of picking 17th, we're going to pick 9th? That's that's not fun, and we already have five wins. We're not going to be picking top three, top four. So don't ruin your joy in the moment. These games are, are precious and few and... And this is, I mean, this is what I live for. I love Cincinnati Bengal games. There's no way I'm going to go out there and be like, lose, lose, lose. This doesn't matter. Lose, lose, lose. What does that do for the players on the roster? What does that do for re-signing DJ Reader and and Higgins and, and some of the veterans? Do they want to come back? Do guys want to sacrifice their body for the rest of this year when when management and coaching staff just want to tank? And I know Mr. Brown doesn't want to tank. That's just not in his makeup. Mr. Paul Brown would roll over in his grave if he was even proposed the thought of tanking. So no, do not tank. You never know what the future brings, right? Any one of us could be dead next year, and I'm not trying to be morbid about this, but would you want your last time on earth 
to be watching a Bengals meaningless season where they're losing games on purpose? No. We wait all year for the football season to come around. So what, in now end of November, we're just like, oh, looking forward to the draft. I don't know. It's just not my style. Who cares about the draft? You'll get your players. And and as history has shown, what you you didn't get who who was better, Devin Bush or Logan Wilson, right? I don't know if they were out the same year, but Bush was a first round pick that we thought was going to be our linebacker. The Steelers plucked him, and we get Logan Wilson, who's a million times better in the third round. So no, do not tank this season. Keep the joy going. Keep the hope going. I mean, let's talk about where where we're at right now. We're the 11th seed. We're two back in the loss column on all the leading teams. The Ravens have us by a little more because they beat us twice. We're one back from the six and seven teams for the wild card, and we play Pittsburgh twice. So there's no reason why we can't backdoor into the playoffs, and you just never know once you get there. If you're in the dance, anything can happen. What happens if Mahomes tears a wrist ligament? You know, like anything is possible. So just stay in the hunt, win your games. Everyone in front of us, we basically play, as I've been saying for the last couple episodes. I know we have five conference losses. That's going to hurt us in head-to-head. But you never say die until you get that ninth loss. I mean, will nine and eight get you in? Maybe. But ten and seven probably will. So we still have a couple losses to give. Don't lose hope until all hope is lost. Yeah, I'm like the the philosopher today. I don't know. This is what a Joe Burrow injury does to me. I get philosophical, but man, no, not don't tank. What what do we have? Right, if the season ended right now, we have the 15th pick. I really don't care. I'm not a draft guy. I don't even follow college. I'm being real with you guys. I don't care if we pick 21st. I don't care if we pick 7th. You know, top 3 maybe, but even that, you just never know. What about Zach Wilson a couple short years ago for the Jets? What has he done? History is littered with players like this, and just live the moment, enjoy every Bengal game while you can, and don't hope for them to lose. That's not fun. All right, so the Burrow injury has been a bit of a mystery. I don't know what was going on. When it happened during the Ravens game, I was like, what's going on right now? I was like, does he have like a stinger or something? Because we knew nothing about it coming in. There was no indication of any issue. Was it the clowny hit that did it? Or was it some pre-existing injury from practice? I don't know. I don't want to get in conspiracy mode. I don't want to expose our organization for covering up an injury if that was the case. So it's almost like I don't even want to talk about it too much. It's just I know when Burrow came out in the beginning of that game, he had about four passes in the first quarter that were uncharacteristically off target so my speculation is it was hurt coming into the game and I'm really sorry if I'm doubting anybody in the organization and if I'm exposing anything man just take away my my Bengals card but it was just so confusing and mysterious and I just didn't know what was going on I'm like wait wait he's out and I was like all right what he's out for a series right oh no no he'll be back after halftime right Oh, wait a minute. He's out for the year? The New York talk show hosts, which is my market, so I hear them a lot, they were screaming for the Bengals' head. They were like, the Bengals covered up an injury. You know, they're they're screwing over all the betters in Vegas and the integrity of the game. And they were saying, like, take away their first-round pick, take away their first and second-round pick, find them, just make an example of them. And, I mean... I was, I was hearing that. I was like, yo, bro, ease up. 
the reality is, who knows the real story? It doesn't look like the league is going to punish the Bengals for anything. But it was very mysterious. And who cares about any of it? The bottom line is, we're without Joe Burrow. And we have to rally around Jake Browning. So going to the Ravens game, I'm not going to give my full analysis like I always do. Maybe you guys are relieved. I'm not sure. But I didn't watch the game a second time. I couldn't stomach it. I was just like, you know what? The whole team phoned it in after Burrow was injured. It really is like... You know, entering an athletic event and getting whacked in the face immediately and having and being like near concussed. You're just like in a daze and it's hard to get your head back. And that's how the whole team felt after Burrow went out. It was just like we got whacked in the face unexpectedly and we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. Our brain wasn't there and the team's brain wasn't there. I mean, when you take it from what was going on, they jumped to an early lead. And then we came back and took the lead, and you just knew it was going to be one of those back-and-forth games that Burrow was going to pull some magic out at the end of the game. I just was really feeling like that would have been a win, would have been would have set the tone for the rest of the season and the path that we all knew we were going to be on. But then the wind was let out of our sails. You know, we live to fight another day. Hopefully it's this year, and if all goes south, you know, you're, at least you're going to have Burrow with a healthy calf and a healthy wrist for September of 2024. But I don't even want to think that way. Let's let's stay positive. Let's stay in the moment. We're 5-5 five and five right now with a bunch of winnable games ahead of us with this roster. As long as we get some fairly decent quarterback play, anything is going to be possible. And Browning was better than I expected. He moved very well. He scrambled when he needed to. He had some English on his passes. It wasn't a total disaster. I mean, he was finding Irwin a lot, which kind of speaks to being a second teamer, you know, you, you have more rapport with the second team guys. He wasn't really finding Chase until that last touchdown. But that'll change with a week of game planning. And you could see even Chase when he scored the touchdown. And, and this is this is class. He didn't do the gritty. He didn't do a backflip. He didn't do anything exciting. He just kind of flipped the ball away like, yeah, I scored. But there's a bigger picture than me and my individual success. So a class act in Jamar Chase, just as we always knew. Couple other things from the game. Couple other things from the game. Logan Wilson with what has been called a hip drop tackle, and honestly, that's the first time I've heard that phrase. But he was a one-man wrecking crew. I mean, he took Andrews out for possibly the season. He did some damage to Lamar Jackson. It's just like grabbing a guy from behind and putting your full body weight down. But uh, Logan Wilson was just an, an absolute assassin out there. As was Trey Hendrickson. He was killing Marcari, the backup tackle for the Ravens, and. Just an amazing free agent get for this team and a guy that I just want to see around until he chooses to retire. And with that said, I think we should have pulled some of the starters later on. When the game really got away, you know, you're having Hendrickson play through an injury. Pull him out. Pull out Mixon and reduce his his workload and, and the hits on the body. Even pull out Chase because imagine if Chase went down too. If Chase and Burrow were out, now you're in real trouble. I mean, there, there was a lot of guys I would have thought about pulling and getting some of the younger guys some action. And the coaching staff never does it. It's not us, but no NFL team does that. There's so many times I would pull the starting quarterback late in games, and you just see guys staying in way too long. And and I felt that was the case with a lot of our starters, but more particularly with Hendrickson in this game. I thought Charlie Jones was a weapon returning. It was nice to see him back, and I realize he's an electric punt returner. And he's going to be responsible for a lot of good moments and a lot of, hopefully, wins for this organization. Jordan Battle came in. He played way more than Nick Scott this game. 
and he shined. And that's that secondary of the future. Battle, Hill, Turner, Cam Taylor Britt. We're building something here, and those guys are going to be cheap for a few years, so that'll enable us to spend money elsewhere and retain your DJ readers and retain your Mike Hiltons and hopefully retain your T. Higgins and you know whoever else. I mean, Jamar Chase is going to be coming up. So if you have a, an inexpensive secondary that's playing as well as the potential that these guys have been showing, that's a really big one for the organization. That's like having a rookie quarterback play well and you don't have that big quarterback deal because we know that corners make so much money in this league too. And speaking of corners, Cam Taylor Britt, I'm hoping he's okay with that quad injury. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so I don't I don't have any report on him as far as his status, but he's having a great season and I'm hoping that he's okay. He had a wonderful pass defense on that one bomb and he's just been playing outstanding the whole year. And then some other things, the two delay of games in this game bothered me. We never have that kind of stuff. Our coaching staff is so on with things, and it just got away from us twice, and you just never see that, and I don't like to see that. I don't like to see wasted yardage because those things stack up and end up hurting you in the long term. All right, let's blast through transactions very quickly. A.J. McCarron up to the active roster, and if Browning falters, which I hope is not the case... You never know. Does McCarron come back in and get some of that 2015 magic? It's highly unlikely with someone who was banished to the XFL because if you could really still play, some NFL team would snatch you up. But I'm not going to make any judgments. I haven't seen him play basically since he left Cincinnati. You know, bring back one of the oldies. Like when we brought back Esiason near the end of Jeff Blake's tenure here and Esiason came in. I don't, I don't remember all the stats. Like I said, I do this from my head. I'm not like reading this stuff to try to impress you guys. But Esiason came back at the end of the season and won like a bunch of games in a row and kind of let the team know what it's like to have a leader back there and gave everyone confidence and leadership, kind of like Joe Burrow on a regular basis. But maybe McCarron does that if something happens with Browning. The Drew Plitt experiment continues. We signed him to the practice squad, and I guess he's the most familiar with the system. And judging by the fact that they brought him up and down and cut him and picked him up and whatnot he seems to be their favorite undrafted unknown quarterback out there so welcome back to the roster Drew Plitt you're a couple bad performances and a couple injuries away from possibly getting your first NFL start but I hope that's not the case no disrespect to you they took Chase Brown off the injured reserve list so now they have 21 days to either just carry him without bringing him to the roster or bring him to the roster so I don't know if it's going to be this week next week or the week after but they're going to bring him up, and as a result of that, someone's going to have to go back down again. But nice to see that he's back in action. I didn't want to see him have a wasted rookie year. I know that we all had a lot of expectations for him, which haven't really shown up this year, but there still is time. And then Jackson Kirkland, one of the fan-favorite offensive linemen from the preseason, was put on the practice squad injured list. I don't know the rules of that list, but the reality is he's hurt right now, so no matter what happens above him, he's not going to be able to contribute. All right, so with it being Steeler week, let's talk about the Steelers. I don't like them, guys. You know that. Head coach Mike Tomlin, everyone's darling, even though he's done so many unscrupulous things. Yes, he has. I'm not going to go over the list. Like tripping a player on the sidelines and having his own bounty gate. And, well, you know, you be the judge of that. But, yeah, he's everyone's darling, and he is going to make the Hall of Fame, and he's been a great coach. So they have an excellent head coach. 
they just fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, and I guess that's deserving when your offense has been this anemic. Terrell Austin is a great defensive coordinator, and obviously that defense is winning games for them. They're 6-4 and four right now, and really they should be a 3-7 and seven team with their talent and the level that they're playing at. But they find a way to stay in games and grind them out and have big defensive plays late. It's been happening over and over again. I don't want to be their next victim, so we just have to hopefully control and win the turnover battle. So rankings, and I don't care about yardage, so we're not even going to talk about yardage, but they're 28th in points scored per game. They're averaging 16, basically 16 points a game. But they're 7th in points against, so they're letting up about 19.5 points. So you can see it's a team with a, a very poor offense and a very strong defense, and you know we kind of knew that already. So discussing their offense, Kenny Pickett has been an absolute disaster at quarterback. I know some Steeler fans have hope, but there's a lot of Steeler fans who have lost hope because it just doesn't seem like the light is going on, and there's nothing better for us Bengal fans to hear. You know, we have a Joe Burrow. I know he's out, but when a healthy Joe Burrow is a top quarterback in this league and will always keep you in the hunt. And they gambled on Kenny Pickett, and now, I don't know, they're a year or two away from probably drafting his replacement or scrambling for a free agent. And it's great to have one of our biggest rivals have uncertainty at the quarterback position. And don't think they might not bring in Trubisky if all goes sour. If they replaced Canada, there's nothing saying that they won't take Pickett out of a game if he's struggling as well. And it's almost like if I were a Steeler fan, I'd be like, you know what, it's kind of time. If he struggles the first, second quarter, let's get him out of there. All right, running backs. Najee Harris seems to have lost his starting job to Warren, who's playing excellently. That's the big threat both on the ground, out of the backfield. He was pretty much their whole offense in the game against the Browns. McFarland is the number three running back. They still carry a fullback in Connor Hayward. Tight end, Fryermuth is back in the lineup. He's always a threat, but he's still banged up a little bit with the hamstring injury. Darnell Washington, a player that the Bengals fans at least wanted in the draft, appears to be a pretty pedestrian tight end. They don't look for him often. They use him as a blocker a lot. Glad to see he's not shining like Laporta from the Lions, who's become one of my favorite non-Bengal players in the league. Wide receivers, Pickens, great receiver. They can't get him the ball. Allen Robinson, dangerous. They seem to get him the ball early in games, and then he disappears. They still have Boykin hanging around, Calvin Austin. I don't know if Deontay Johnson is going to play. He has that thumb injury that's been hampering him. If he plays, obviously he's a deep threat and one of their best receivers. Offensive line, you have Dan Moore, who's been struggling. Suamalo, playing well. Cole, playing well. Daniels, up and down. Okorafor is not playing. I think it's going to be Broderick Jones. So an offensive line that's playing decently, but definitely vulnerable and not unstoppable. So hopefully we get to pick it, and hopefully we're able to slow down Warren a little bit. Defensively, they have Cam Hayward in the middle, who's an exceptional player. I know he's getting older. I know he's battling a groin injury, but he can break a game at any point. You know, he's like their version of DJ Reader. So Montrevious Adams is probably out of the lineup with the ankle, so they're putting in Keanu Benton, and he's been playing pretty decently. We have old friend Ogan, Larry Ogunjobi, which they play him at defensive end, but it's really not because they always have outside pass rushers, so it's like listed as a DE, but still having defensive tackle responsibilities and playing solidly as usual. And I say it all the time, B.J. Hill's playing better. And at the time when we had our choice of re-signing either I said Ogunjobi, and I will go on record till the end of my days saying that B.J. Hill 
was a much better signing. So smart on the Bengals' part, not so smart on my part. T.J. Watt, one of the best defenders in football, a constant threat. Him and Burrow had a little bit of a rivalry, and he's going to be all over Browning, especially if he's going to be lining up on Jonah. That's something we're really going to have to think about protecting and figuring out in this game. Alex Highsmith on the other side, just as outstanding and just as big of a threat. So there's a lot coming at us in that front seven. They're outstanding. Linebackers, it's looking like Walker and Roberts are going to be, Landon Roberts are going to be playing because Quan Alexander and Holcomb are on injured reserve. The Steelers have a lot of defensive injuries. Even though they have that, they've still been playing very well on defense. So the linebackers, they're not their typical starters, but neither one is playing horribly. And when you put them with everything else in that defense, they haven't been a liability. Joey Porter Jr., son of one of my most disliked players. He was one of the ones that came on that field in that 2015 game, Joey Porter Sr. And now we get his son playing excellent corner for the Steelers. Patrick Peterson is looking like he's on the decline. So, you know, he's he's always a threat out there and, and a decent player, but not exactly what he used to be. And he, he switches to the slot on third downs. Levi Wallace is still there. Safety, Fitzpatrick has just not been able to get into the lineup with the hamstring. And Keanu Neal with a rib injury, another great player. Their safety tandem appears to be out or at least banged up. So we're probably going to see Trenton Thompson and KZ back there, which is a lot better than Fitzpatrick and Neal. Special teams, Presley Harvin, an excellent punter. Boswell has really done his damage to the Bengals and the rest of the league for his whole career. An excellent player. And then McFarland returns kicks, Austin returns punts, and that's pretty much what you're looking at when you play the Steelers. As far as the keys to the game, when we're on offense, here are my keys in quick bullet points. Establish the run. Don't put this on Jake Browning to have to win this game. And in establishing the run, use all the backs. Let's use Chris Evans finally. Let's get Mixon, obviously, as the bell cow, but having Travion come in as a change of pace. If Chase Brown is ready, keep four running backs active. Let the Steelers know we're going to be popping in a fresh back with a different running style constantly in this game. I think it's the key. If you're going to not be, I don't know what we've been, it feels like 70-30 pass run. If we're going to be closer to 50-50, then use every bullet in your chamber. And what do you do against a team with a great pass rush and T.J. Watt, you know, MVP, defensive MVP candidate, quick passing game. you got to have Browning get the ball out of his hands early and quick. That'll build confidence as far as him being decisive. If he's got to sit back there, two things are going to happen. One, a good chance of him getting sacked or hit or causing a turnover. And two, surveying the field, I don't know. You know, that, that might be the recipe for some interceptions as opposed to just, boom, here's a quick screen, boom, here's a quick slant, boom, here's a quick out. It just seems less dangerous than having him drop back and surveying the field against a very dynamic, scary, well-coached defense. Key number three, Ted Karras helping Browning. You know, the center helps with a lot of those line calls and points things out. Let's have that communication at an all-time high and let Karras be kind of like a coach on the field and you know, help rounding along because it's not going to be easy. And against any NFL team, it is so hard to come to the line of scrimmage and, you know, guys are shifting and moving and changing positions and you think these four guys are coming, but in reality it's these five guys and now it's seven coming, but two drop out. Now it's 
three coming, but six rush. It's it's so confusing, and hopefully Karras can cut down that learning curve a little bit by helping Browning and communicating the best that he can. Obviously, protection is going to be big in this game. If if Browning gets assaulted, it's going to result in turnovers and three and outs, and we just can't have that happen. And last point, get Jamar Chase involved early. I know last game Browning was focusing on Irwin, like I said, maybe because of that second-team rapport, but it's time to just get the ball to Chase. I think they're vulnerable at the corner position. I think Chase can, if, especially if they're going to do any kind of one-on-one with him. You get him involved early, A, it's going to hype the team, it's going to get his momentum going, and it's going to put some fear into that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So get Jamar Chase involved early. I don't care if it's a screen pass or a three-yard slant. Keys to defense, stop the run game and force Pickett to beat you. If we can just get Jalen Warren contained and Najee has his usual 40-yard game, we're in good shape and let Pickett try to beat you downfield because that's going to be a hard task for him, especially with Hendrickson out there and our great linebackers and our great secondary. It's not going to be a, a picnic for Pickett. Confusing fronts, you know, Pickett has shown that he's not the greatest of reader of defenses and I think if we just confuse him and do the same thing oh you think four guys are coming now it's six you think five guys are coming now it's two and you know just that whole kind of confusion shifting last minute movements and just him never knowing who's coming and from where we have to contain Warren out of the backfield he's always a threat to catch a pass and take it a bunch of yards down the sideline or again you're seeing like a a third and eight and they dump it off to him. He breaks the tackle and gets 14 yards. So we want to make sure that we limit that. And be prepared for Mitchell Trubisky just as much as Kenny Pickett. I'm telling you, if Pickett struggles, they're going to bring in Trubisky, and he could ignite that team. I almost think he's their better choice right now. They're just trying to develop Pickett. So be prepared for him. Study your film on him just as much as, as Pickett because he's a couple bad throws from coming right into that game, and you don't want to be caught confused by him and the last key to defense and I think this is going to happen anyway is Hendrickson destroying Moore Moore is having a down year for them and Hendrickson is one of the best in the league I think that he can game wreck and really wreak havoc back there destroy their passing game and then if we build Belichick it and just focus on stopping the run Pittsburgh's not going to score more than a touchdown or so alright so with that said prediction for the game Cincinnati Bengals 16, Pittsburgh Steelers 13. Yeah, it would be fun to score 31 points, but I can't see that against this defense with Browning's first start in the NFL. So score a touchdown, get a bunch of field goals, hold Pittsburgh down where you know they're barely scoring as they have been all season. We take the game 16 to 13. We're six and five, and now possibly the seventh seed. Or flirting with that playoff berth. And once you're there, you keep winning and you stay there. So enjoy this game. Enjoy the season. That's the most important thing. Just enjoy Bengals football. Win or lose, good or bad. Because it's what we wait for. For many, many months until this season starts. And we're right in it. No time to quit now. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca. 
and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.